0: everyone and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us for what is now episode number 34 of our Road to 2023 series and uh, before we get stuck into the episode we've got some exciting news for everyone.
1: Yeah we sure do. So as of today the 31st of July 2022 our new TBD apparel line has now launched which is super freaking exciting because this has actually been a project that's been in the pipelines ever since march of this year but our new shirts are finally here and they are available on our website we've also got a post up on our instagram page at the bodybuilding dietitians showing off the t-shirts but boy i'm just so excited that they are finally available finally released because This has been, once again, a project and a design that has been in the making for quite some time now. But now it is finally a physical product that we can wear on our chest and our big arms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to see what people think about them. I'm pretty stoked with the outcome. Also in terms of just the shirt quality as well, which we changed a fair bit. Mm -hmm. And the shirts are available in oversized and standard fit. So it's just one sizing, but if you want it to look a little bit more oversized, just get a couple sizes up. For example, I usually wear large for a regular sized fit for myself and I get a 2XL, which is more of a slightly oversized fit. I wouldn't even say it's a true oversized fit, it's just slightly oversized. So if you have any questions though, you can just let us know over on Instagram, just DM us. If you really want to email us you can email us as well the bodybuilding dietitians at gmail.com and they're all in black as well so it's unisex black oversized or regular fit and uh limited quantity we just did a a small order for this first release
1: yeah boy but I'm I'm so happy that they're officially launched and available and man it would just make me so happy to see at least one person wearing our t-shirt but I think that with the design in particular it has a lot of potential to really form a community particularly here in the Australian bodybuilding world So I guess we'll leave it at that. We won't put too many more spoilers. Hopefully Mm. you guys can head over to our website and our Instagram to check them out. And if you'd like, you know, sneak over to that purchase cart.
0: For sure. Great. Well, what else do we have on the agenda today?
1: Well, we've got about a three week recap to get through on this Road to 2023 episode and been the past three weeks, they've been good. Certainly feel like we've been making waves in real life. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a heck of a lot's happened. Do you want to take the floor?
0: Sure. Yeah. It's been quite a, a busy three weeks. Has it really been three weeks since our last one? It has. Wow. Well, so yeah, I've, uh, quite a lot has happened, like from a lifestyle perspective, which we'll get into more depth, probably not today, but once it's a hundred percent official and Otherwise, like my training and nutrition has been going quite well. I think something interesting about mini cutting, because I've, I've recently wrapped up a mini cut, as everyone would know, um, is just that you tend to lose a little bit of momentum in terms of your training and overall perception of progression. I think when a mini cut happens, even though mine was very short, I feel like I then had to reverse out of it. I had to then deload after it. So this is, my, this is the end of my first week back after a deload and i also had to gain some additional body weight after the mini cut to really notice that training performance come come back again so like i think i'm what maybe 3 or 4 weeks after my mini cut now and
1: that's I, as long as the cut <laughs>
0: yeah exactly and i i feel like now this this coming week is going to be like where i'll see some nice solid strength gains across the major movements. I've seen mm. sc- strength great gains across other movements, but not all of them uh, mm. as, as I would be used to usually. I guess I'm complaining a little bit when I'm still seeing great progression, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist.
1: Yeah, what were you single arm dumbbell rowing this past Saturday? What, the 70 kilogram dumbbells? Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that wasn't technically a progression though. It was a maintenance. Well, uh.
1: that was technically capping out the weight stack for the dumbbells at World's Gym. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, well, I am looking forward to this coming week where I've seen a decent amount of body weight gain mm. and I know that's going to translate nicely into some some progression in the gym. So,
1: Well, it's really interesting to actually hear you say that because When we usually talk about mini cuts, and especially in your case, I feel like you put the word mini in mini cut. Mm. (laughs) We kind of say, get in, get out, you know, short and sweet, get the job done and then get right back to gaining. But it's kind of like you're alluding to, "Mm, there's a little bit more that goes on either side of the mini cut.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it does depend on the individual and where they feel most comfortable in terms of strength. And also what their strength level is as well. I think someone who has potentially less developed or isn't as experienced in the gym, they might be able to start making progressions straight away, depending on their recoverability or, or where they feel best.
1: They might've never stopped making progressions.
0: Mm. Yeah, true, that's true. Um, whereas someone like me, I feel like I do perform better around a certain body weight and yeah, I think I'm painting a picture where as if I'm not performing well, but I am, I just feel better when I'm like mm. 88 and above in the gym. And I've, I've been around 88 these last couple days and, uh, like I've had an, some pretty linear macro increases the last few weeks. So I'm back on to like the most food I've been on this off season or on par with it, despite being about, yeah, three and a half kilos lighter still, mm-hmm. which is interesting.
1: So what are those numbers out of interest?
0: So carbohydrates are 625 and fats are 70, protein is 275 and that's a training day. On a rest day, I'm at 525 carb, 80 fat, 250 protein. So yeah, that has or should have me in a decent surplus now.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So since the mini cut, how much weight have you now gained to really feel like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm starting to thrive again. You know, I'm kind of feeling back in my groove mm.
0: Well, the lowest I got was 86 and a half, and then I weighed 88 this morning, so about 1.5 kilos, which... Awesome. Yeah, and a lot of that would be glycogen, of course, so there is a small change in, in body comp, but like, I really don't care about what my, like, I care about my muscularity, but that's pretty much the extent um, I scared, care about other things as well, like my skin quality, but that doesn't quite <laughs> factor into the equation of of muscle growth. Well,
1: it looks very clear to me. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I, like that's something that we actually discussed on the most recent episode of Bodybuilding Down Under with a special guest, which we'll be releasing on Wednesday. Is just that concept of like bodybuilders should realistically be able to take or separate their mindset away from what they look like visually and how they are performing. And I think that's where for some people, body dysmorphia might come into play or people who get into bodybuilding for the wrong reasons to try and change their body and not really do bodybuilding as a sport per se, or as a performance driven outcome. That's what separates two different people because personally, I think like the best, bodybuilders are people who can separate themselves from their body their current body composition and be like okay i look like this now for a reason it's for a purpose it's for my performance in the gym and i know that if i really wanted to i could quite easily change it Mm -hmm. and yeah i I feel like a lot of people haven't quite bridged that gap or maybe they they choose not to because they 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 care more about their their current visual appearance over their Mm long-term muscle gaining goals or bodybuilding goals which is completely fine of course as well
1: yeah but at the end of the day you have to recognize that your ultimate physique is going to be a byproduct of your training so Mm. you want to put yourself in the best position possible to perform at your maximum potential and be as strong as you possibly can because it's ultimately going to correlate with your best physique
0: Hey guys, just a reminder that we offer coaching services, which you can find on our website by searching the bodybuilding dietitians on Google or via the show notes below. We coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. Well, in terms of nutrition for me, like those are my macros, nothing else really has changed. I'm starting to use like a couple more sources here and there to make the foods a bit more palatable now. So I kind of don't get to that point of low appetite hopefully i don't reach that point for a long while because i would like to try and especially if i don't compete 2023 i think 95 kilos is on the cards which is still another seven kilos above where i am now which means my food is probably going to get a lot higher and i'm going to have to visit that destination of of low appetite central uh before i reach 95 no doubt so yeah, I've, I haven't had things like barbecue sauce and tomato sauce and sweet chili sauce in my diet for many, many years. Probably since like 2015, which I don't know why looking back. It's a bit silly, but I've started incorporating those. They're good. They certainly help with uh, increasing the palatability of food, which, which I need. Yeah, otherwise it's been pretty simple. I'm actually starting to, I've never been someone who has really budgeted their food And I'm starting to do that a bit more, which is interesting because like, like it it makes it a little bit more difficult to shop, but at the same time, it's kind of like a bit of a game. Like I try and, okay, what, what food could I switch out to be most cost effective? Like for example, I was buying frozen berries, like two packets a week, which was $22, which is crazy.
1: The price of my (laughs) weekly grocery shopping bill Mm. from Sam Coco's. Yeah.
0: And like the justification behind them was good because it was three different types of fruits. It was very convenient. And from a nutrition standpoint, it's it's awesome. Mm. But from a cost standpoint, it's not great. Same with cottage cheese. I was buying three tubs of cottage cheese a week and they were four fifty each, <laughs> which is, yeah, crazy. And I mean, is it going to bankrupt me? No, not at all. But like if I can save some money and still keep my diet quality on point and, and still keep it... in Uh, tasty as well then I'm going to try and do that I was just not doing it out of laziness to Mm. be honest like I just I don't like going grocery shopping it's not something I enjoy
1: well hopefully in future once we potentially live in a new area we can start going together to a new fruit barn
0: Mm, For sure, (laughs)
1: because that's the crazy thing like if you buy a kilogram worth of frozen berries that's $11 per kilogram if you go to a discount fruit barn they've got things like apples and oranges and pears and bananas for 99 cents a kilogram so you're technically paying 11 times more Mm.
0: yeah I mean I agree to an extent that can save you a lot of money if you eat a lot of fruit (laughs) but I don't you eat a lot of fruit I eat probably a decent amount, like more mm. than the average person, of course, probably three to 400 grams. Mm. But like going to a fruit barn isn't going to save me like $50 a week. It, it might save me like $10 or $15 a week. Mm.
1: Yeah. But over time, obviously. Mm. But yeah, just being more cost effective with those yeah. sort of things. I would like
0: to start shopping at Costco because a lot of the foods that I do eat, I could very easily buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've never been to the Costco in Australia.
1: We're so. just going to have to get a deep freezer, man. <laughs>
0: mm yeah hopefully they have kangaroo in bulk at costco but i wouldn't count on it
1: well i think they have those massive like tubs of chobani and like high protein greek yogurt i think those would Mm. be pretty awesome might need a much bigger fridge though to fit those big tubs and all my fruit yeah we'll make it fit
0: so yeah that's nutrition for me and training wise uh not some changes will be happening in the near future but not too much as of yet. I think the major thing I've changed in my training this past week for the new block was putting in barbell incline as opposed to hammer strength plate loaded press. And that's been going well. I'm already the strongest I've been on it, which is great. Um, And yeah, I'm looking forward to, I know it's a lift that I'll very much look forward to attacking every single week because I I lifted 95 for six and I'm already very close to two plates, which is gonna definitely happen this block. And uh, looking forward to getting up to 110. That's kind of my moderate goal on it.
1: Mm -hmm. I bet that feels awesome to obviously give a movement like that a solid break and then go over to another movement, kind of cap that out, and then come back and just the transfer of strength, Mm. right? Like, I bet that feels awesome.
0: Yeah, it does. It feels very good, very satisfying. And I know, realistically, I think the barbell press will have more carry over to other movements than the the hammer strength so i'll probably run this for a while and then switch it out
1: Mm. you know when it comes to dumbbell pressing so things like dumbbell flat bench or dumbbell shoulder press sometimes you just get to that point uh, where like the hardest part is just getting the weights up initially but once Mm. you're in that position then it's like go time you can press
0: I've never found that personally.
1: Okay. Well, maybe you're just, you got super strong triceps, but for some people, they really struggle to heave it up Mm. and that's why you need a spotter. But I've always thought like, man, I don't know if it already exists in some super fancy gym, but I I can imagine this existing down the track in that, like a setup where you could actually... have that
0: at the new... uh powerhouse gym in stafford
1: where you can set up dumbbells yeah that's wicked yes because i was like that is such a big missing component for people who want to dumbbell press but start from a better position that doesn't compromise you or you know Mm. you just risk twinging your shoulder
0: yeah must be something to do with my biomechanics or Maybe I've seen some people, even you, like you try and bicep curl it up. Like I can't. No,
1: I don't. I heave it up. I don't bicep curl it up. Well, how, what do
0: you use to heave it up then?
1: Uh, what do you mean? I put them on my knees mm. and then I kind of kick them up.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like that. But. I
1: bicep curl. Plus that'd be strong because I'm like incline chest pressing the 20s right now. If mm. I'm bicep curling those up.
0: Well, some people do. You see them like swinging it up to their shoulder when, yeah, you meant to put it on your knee and then push your knee upwards and mm. then rock back with it. So,
1: But yeah, some sometimes people, oh. well, not even sometimes, a lot of the time people get to a weight. It's like, oh, I know I can probably do the next weight jump by 2.5 kilograms, but it's just that initial heaving up that's just holding me back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But either way, that would be very cool if they had like a setup where you could unrack the dumbbells from mm. above you and then just press. Which they do. Yes. Okay. Well, we got to test it out. That'd be wicked.
0: Mm. That's pretty much it for me, I think. Like the other movements are pretty much remaining the same. I've been at the similar point with my RDL for, again, it's one of the RDL is probably the one that has not suffered because I haven't lost strength, but it's just been about the same, which is a little bit boring for me. And uh, I've started incorporating. So basically my regimen with RDLs at the moment is... Uh, once a week, once a week, I do essentially a a set of six to eight reps, and that'll be a standard RDL. And then every second week, I'll do a pause set now. So still only one set per week, but every second week, it'll be a pause. So two second pause in the bottom, and that'll be like eight to 10 reps. So yeah, tomorrow I've got the paused RDLs. And then yeah, after that, I'll trying to shoot for 220 on the six to eight rep set.
1: Mm. do you have a kind of estimated not deadline but timeline for when you'd want to hit that 220 buy? do you see it happening by the end of this year
0: maybe not to be honest i definitely see it happening this push up so by the time i get to 95 and i'm not rushed now because i know that it's the load is so great on that now that I'm making pr- progression just being at that load, mm. and I know I'm going to progress anyway. So even if I take my time, literally just getting one rep a week, for example. Um, anyway, I think it'll happen in the next six, seven months.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, when it happens, I'll definitely be there, holding <laughs> the camera, <laughs>
0: cool,
1: and giving a high five.
0: Yeah. The question will be, what will be after two twenty? So
1: stiff leg deadlifts. <laughs>
0: yeah, potentially. <laughs> That's it for me though. What about your past three weeks?
1: Yeah, boy. Well, the past three weeks, again, it's just been, I just feel like I've been on a roll with my training for a number of months now, just like really thriving. Just, I just feel strong. I feel energetic. I feel happy. I just want to get after my training. Things are just moving in the gym and it makes me very happy, very motivated. I'm just, I'm having, I'm having a hell of a time right now. I'm really looking forward to all of my sessions and I'm definitely at points with my strength that I've never been near before in my life. And it excites the hell out of me. And I think a huge component of it is mental as well. Like before every single big compound set, like I always tell myself two things. I tell myself the number of reps that I'm aiming for, I'll say that out loud, but i always say the word light as well. I always just tell myself, this is light. You can lift it. Just push it straight up. And I find that like, I'm actually at a point now with some of my compounds where I'm somewhat able to desensitize myself to how tough it is and just focus on getting it done. And I feel like now that I've mentally trained myself to be able to do that, it's helping me unlock just new levels of strength that I never really thought I'd hit at least at this point in my training career, which is very, very cool. So things like my smith machine lunges this time last year i was smith machine lunging around like 65 kilograms or so this past week i lunged 87.5 kilograms for two by eight and even then i'm like man i probably could push for 90 kilograms you know and the smith machine itself it says that it's a nine kilogram resistance so if i go up to 90 that's 99 kilos of resistance on my Mm. back lunging but I used to feel those like I'm flipping, yeah, like they hurt, you know, they are uncomfortable, but I've just somewhat become desensitized to them now that I'm just like, just just don't focus on feeling it, just focus on pushing that weight up. And it's, it's quite amazing. And I I always, at the end of my sets, always really shock myself that I, that I did that because I know that's a tough movement. It's not a very conventional movement for people to have as a main compound lift, but it works well for me. And I just, I know that I'm lifting some pretty impressive weights on it right now. And it makes, it makes me really proud. It feels amazing. Um, but even my Bulgarians as well, like I just, I'm at a point now where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I I just don't feel that it's as tough anymore. (laughs) Like at least during the movement, but afterwards, I do feel absolutely flipped. Like it's like my CNS just like gets a bit of a delayed shock, and I'm like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> um, but things are moving really well. My dips as well. This past week, I actually added a weight belt for the first time. And that's the first time I've ever put a weight belt actually on my waist, and I was able to do three by eight with my dips with a five kilogram extra resistance, and in a fed state, probably around sixty-eight kilograms there and long arms moving through a decent range of motion on those dips too (laughs) Mm. but it just it feels really good and again it's just like building up that momentum where I'm like I don't want this to end I'm, I'm thriving so much right now so it's almost like every session I do I'm not necessarily thinking ooh this could get me one session closer to stepping on stage with a great physique in 2023 I'm like I don't want this to end until 2024. I want to keep going. I'm loving my training so much. And what I thought was really interesting too, is that right now, ever since, you know, really taking a leaf out of your book and seeing you as inspiration, and how well you've really responded to taking more of an approach of quality over quantity and really reducing a lot of your compounds down to two sets. In some cases, even just one working set for your RDLs, but really focusing on the quality of the movement and the intensity that you're bringing. And then being able to execute with that level of intensity and really being strong for reps that you don't warrant doing a third set. Hmm. I was counting the number of sets that I actually do in my first lower body session of the week. I'm only doing nine sets. From my lower body doing two sets of bulgarians two sets of rdls three sets of leg extension two sets of hamstring curls that's it nine sets and i'm the strongest and most muscular that i've ever been in my life and it just makes me reflect on my past training over like many years ago when i first got involved in this and I was looking through some of my old log books. I was doing like five sets for almost every exercise. I was doing five sets of hip thrusts three times a week mm. back in like 2017. Now I do four sets of hip thrusts. I do only two sets on a Thursday and two sets on a Saturday. And my butt is way stronger and way bigger. <laughs> so it just brings back that principle of it's It's not always about the sheer amount of work that you do, but like, what's the quality that you're really bringing to your training and the intensity as well? Because I feel like anyone probably if they have the discipline and the patience and if it's written on their program, anyone can do a lot of sets, but not everyone can train hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, the limiting factor for sets is like how much time do you want to spend in the gym like it's not it's not hard to just go through the motion Mm. whatsoever it's literally just rocking up there and, and doing it and then leaving
1: yeah and it's just that obviously it's a learned skill that you'll build over many many years but I think why I personally probably fell into the trap of doing a lot of sets is because I wasn't executing with you know fantastic form i i just didn't quite feel like at the end of each set that i'd really been able to give it my all or you know like ultimate like let's say i did a set of hip thrusts like maybe i was perhaps using a weight that was a little bit too heavy for me or i just wasn't being as mindful of really pausing and contracting and squeezing at the top sort of thing and then i'd get to the end of that set and i i felt like oh like i didn't fully satisfy it you know like i might as well do another i might as well do another it was like I was trying to make up for it with just mm-hmm. doing a copious amount of sets. Same on the leg press, you know, years ago, I would just load up the leg press with way too much weight. I had no business lifting and I wouldn't be able to do full range of motion. And that's why I'd fall into the trap of being like, I need to do four or five sets because I'm like, sure that was tough, but like I didn't fully feel it in my quads sort of thing. <laughs> and it can, it can be a slippery slope for sure. I sp- I feel like, especially with females, because A lot of the literature shows that females can handle a higher training load. They can handle higher volumes of training because we've got more estrogen, we can recover from higher volumes, but it kind of, you know, comes back to that argument of just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because you can perform more volume and just because you can recover from more volume it's not like there's a one-to-one correlation with oh you doing more working sets means that you're going to grow more muscle mass
0: or even relating it to resistance training in general like what about all the other sports where a bit of extra volume might be useful Mm. but doesn't mean it's useful for resistance training either
1: yeah yeah exactly so Boy, I just, I know that ever since just dropping down the total amount of work that I'm doing in the gym and really learning how to train hard and with fantastic execution, it's done me wonders. Yeah. And and that's again why I don't want it to end. I want to keep, I want to keep going (laughs) so bad. You have nowhere
0: near stopping me. I know,
1: but it just, I love training so much right now. It's just, it's making me really freaking excited, but it it did also make me reflect on one thing and i think uh, this isn't necessarily a downside but it is interesting i have noticed right now that my caloric intake isn't nearly as high as it used to be like i used to eat probably close to three thousand three thousand plus calories at some points in my life and that's when i was performing a much higher volume of training because of course doing five sets of hip thrusts or five sets of every exercise, of course, you're going to burn more energy in the gym compared to if you're only performing two sets. But I recognize that, okay, sure, I have to eat a bit less food now, like let's say 100 grams of carbs less or something like that on average per day. And before I used to maintain a lighter body weight, but what was the end goal the end goal was to be as strong as possible and to grow as much muscle mass as possible and right now that's what i'm achieving so it kind of just reinforces that it's not results are always correlated with a higher food intake it's simply a means of fueling for the work required and of course if you're burning more calories overall then yeah you need more calories but that doesn't mean that if i was eating 400 grams plus per day before that I was achieving my long-term physique goals.
0: Mm. Yeah, especially if you're feeling well-nourished and you're feeling like your appetite is in a good spot, then you, yeah, there's no need to go higher.
1: Yeah, it's all relative, right? And mm. if anything, I feel way better now because like right now I'm, I'm doing really well eating around 300 grams of carbs a day, 40 grams of fat, 160 grams of protein, like training hard five days a week and then steps are averaging like 13K per day. But I I feel so good. And before when I was eating way more food, I was at a lighter body weight. I was actually way more food focused. And I actually found myself to be way hungrier too, simply just because I was so freaking active. Like Mm. on top of training, like racking up close to 20,000 steps a day, working at UQ Sport, everywhere I walked, I was like heaving around a big backpack full of books and food (laughs) and clothes. So it's there's a tipping point where like it's it's not necessarily gold standard of oh cool you're eating the most amount of food that you've ever done in your life and you're regularly going to the gym that must mean that you're guaranteed to grow the most amount of muscle mass like not necessarily you might not be in the most optimal environment there
0: yeah it comes back to taking a step back and I mean two steps forward
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah but at the same time like don't necessarily take it as an ego hit. And that's something that I've had to learn as well for myself. And that's something that I've just come to peace with as I've just learned more through bodybuilding and nutrition and just maturing in my own journey and recognizing that just because you've been in positions before where you've been able to eat 400 grams of carbs or something like that, that doesn't mean that you have gone backwards now that you can maintain your body weight on 300 grams of carbs. like. Who cares? It's what you require right now. And if it's getting you results and you feel good.
0: Honestly, I don't (laughs) even remember like what I had two years ago for macro. It's like, I just think in the now.
1: Mm, Mm. Exactly. But it is just, it's an old way. It's an old way of thinking. Mm. Yeah. Because at least a lot of people usually you know say like oh this person's eating this much food and like a lot of people will jump to the conclusion of oh they must have great results Mm. (laughs) like that person's clearly just burning a buttload of energy yeah Mm.
0: even eating a one comp prep doesn't mean that they're gonna get the the best results either
1: yeah but uh, anyway it's just it's good to have that reinforced but Yeah, I'm feeling really good right now. Ultimately, I mentioned my macros just before, but that just does have me very slowly and steadily gaining weight on average, about like 100 to 200 grams per week. But another thing that I've noticed too is that my weight fluctuates so much more now during the week compared to what it used to. And I simply take that as a positive because I just have more muscle mass on me. So like my weight during the week right now, it's fluctuating anywhere between 67.1 67.1 to 67.5 kilograms and it's usually actually that's not a
0: big fluctuation though.
1: that's 400 grams
0: yeah i mean but i mine fluctuates more yeah than I,
1: I guess but again you're a big person also mm. you have a high volume of food that you're taking in every single day and you've got a lot of muscle mass on you too thanks but that never used to happen to me when i was a much lower body weight i my weight might fluctuate by maybe 100 grams or something mm. but now Interestingly, my weight will fluctuate by quite a few hundred grams, but it's up also to up to 400, <laughs> 400 big ones. Uh, but it's usually after lower body days as well that like I'll wake up the next morning and I feel very comfortable and tight in my midsection. But like my legs and my glutes just kind of feel a little bit swollen. <laughs> and I just I'm like, this is awesome because before when i didn't have any muscle mass or any i had far less muscle mass on my extremities of course if you've got less muscle mass you're not going to store as much muscle glycogen in your limbs and hence you're not going to store as much fluid either hmm. so now i'm like this is freaking awesome because after my leg days i like i have that residual pump for like the next 24 to like 48 hours sort of thing like it feels really, really good, and I only take it as a positive. And it's something that I see with quite a few of my female clients too, that have a really good amount of muscle mass on them, and they also know how to train really hard. They too also just experience larger fluctuations during the week, despite you know keeping all their variables consistent. And I just remind them, I'm like, it's just because you know how to really go to town on on leg day, like that's awesome. Like you've got a good amount of muscle mass on you, so. I see it as a positive and just like you too, like I've just come to peace with it. I'm just like, I'm very happy with the way that I look. I'm not going to like get upset over a few hundred gram fluctuation because technically right now, if I want to be gaining 1% of my body weight on average per month, that holds me to around 600 to 700 grams on average per month. I could easily convince myself that, oh God, I'm doing it wrong. If my weight fluctuates one day to the next by 400 grams, I'm like, that's three weeks worth of weight gain. <laughs> mm. Boy, I just see the number. I'm like, cool. I, I did some gnarly lunges yesterday.
0: <laughs> mm. And I mean, because you're not driven by needing to have your calories at a certain point. I think in the past, like you would try to have them at a certain number. Mm and that would cause you to gain weight too quickly as well exactly
1: because i was i was just married to those numbers i was just Mm. like no i should be able to eat this amount of food because i've eaten this amount of food before like it's it's a silly way of thinking right but i feel like we all have to have those sort of experiences to to learn from them Mm
0: -hmm. yes lots of learning through this podcast
1: absolutely that's why you guys listen to tbd right but I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much just a wrap up from us. Jack, what's something that you want to improve this next week?
0: Hmm. That's a good one. Well, I would like to improve upon my barbell incline because it'll be my second week doing it. I've already learned a few things from when I last did it. So my grip was a tiny bit too wide and that was the main thing really. And I think as I get better, like I'm going to be able to stabilize more efficiently, which will translate to better strength. So I'm not sure whether I should keep the same weight and just try and do more reps because I kind of know I could probably do 97 and a half or even two plates next, um, this coming week and and get the same reps. So we'll find out on the day.
1: Mm -hmm. I'll be there to spot you. Don't be scared, you know, to, uh, leave, leave a few less left in the (laughs) tank. (laughs)
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I pretty much went to zero RIR, but it didn't look like it just because I'm or it's stabilizing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, but it will get better. What about you?
1: Well, this next week, I want to improve or just be a little bit more aware of my surroundings, being very mindful. You know, just making some final memories because this next week is likely to be filled with a lot of lasts and finals in our life because exciting our final
0: week together <laughs> Oh
1: no, please never say that no i hope not no but we have lived in our current house for coming up on three years now and if all goes ahead we will be actually moving house in about a week and a half from now so i just want to soak it all in right because this has been a great place for us we've made many memories here and this next coming week as part of our daily and weekly routine it will be there will be a lot of lasts, you know, like this is the last time we're doing this. This is the last time we're doing that. And uh, I just want to really soak it up and embrace it and remember all of those things because. Do you yeah. think you
0: might shed a tear?
1: Uh, no, I won't shed a tear, <laughs> but. <laughs> it's not that nice. I just want to take it all in, you know, because it's really only a few days left living in this funky little Queenslander. And it's mm. it's a big part of our lives. You know, it's, it's a big chapter. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: the birth of TBD.
1: It was the birth of TBD. It was the birth of both of our border collies. It was where we, you know, <laughs> set up a fort with our gum tree gym equipment, you know, and survived COVID. That was <laughs> all those lockdowns. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, many memories here, but many exciting times ahead.
0: Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, guys. If you enjoyed make sure to give us a five-star rating. You can also screenshot the episode, tag myself, tag Tiara, tag TBD. And you can check the show notes below for the link to the new t-shirts as well. And we'll see you guys next week, hopefully.
1: Bye.